Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Robots Radio presents... Welcome to the Cyberpunk Lorecast, where style is just as important as substance. Welcome to the podcast where we explore the lore, news, and gameplay of the cyberpunk games and other dystopian worlds. I'm your host, Robots. Cyberpunks! It is time to do the Cyberpunk Lorecast dance. Here we go. And for people who don't have the uh, video version of this up... You need oh. to come watch us live on twitch.tv slash robots radio, 9 p.m. Eastern on Sundays. And uh, the dance is done. Welcome back to the show, everybody. I don't know where that came from. Maybe it was just the awesome music at the beginning of the show. And Logan's making a really weird face. I am your host, Tom, or robots. And this is Captain Logan with the most popular, uh, more popular than the actual Sea of Thieves podcast by Rare podcast about Sea of Thieves. That's a weird roundabout way of having a title. Uh, Captain Logan of Keelhauled is here. <laughs> he is famous on the internet. Welcome, Captain. I am. I'm wearing my Keelhauled t-shirt today. I'm, I'm repping. It is, it is the most popular Sea of Thieves podcast because uh, I, I, uh, yeah, Rare started a <laughs> podcast and then didn't populate it to Apple, Apple podcasts. And it might so. be Apple's fault because that's usually Apple's fault, but it's always, that's Apple's awesome. Fault. When the actual, the company <laughs> behind the game is like, Hey guys, we've got a podcast coming. You better go check it out. And then it's not available. So what they find when they search sea of thieves is your show instead. And then your yeah. number is like a skyrocket. So that's awesome. Thanks rare. Yeah, it's been nice. Although a lot of people have been downloading the first episode, which I don't know. I don't know where that came into. It's, it's what ever, people do. It's what I'm telling. Promise you, this is what I tell the people on our Rocket Club. Yeah. It's like you have to make sure your first episode sounds amazing, even if it doesn't make sense to go back and listen to the first episode, because people do it, and it's it's so strange, yeah. especially when like all of the stuff that happened when the game launched is so different than it is by the time you actually listen to the show. But anyway, yeah. Anyway, yeah. Welcome back to Cyberpunk Lorecast. This is uh, the most popular cyberpunk podcast on the internet, or at least, at least audio podcasts. I mean, there's some other uh, video podcasts out there, but this is a, this is the big popular one on the uh, audio feeds, like Spotify. Hey, we're, we're, we're on video. We're doing video. We're right doing now. video too, but the other video shows get way more video clicks than we get. We get more That's audio fine. clicks than they do. So we're. I want our voices clicks. are better. They're just more attractive. I think that's what that comes down to. I'd rather hear a click than see a click. <laughs> all right. All right. Um, <laughs> how much do you snore before this episode? Toasty asks. Uh, no, I just have my, uh, my Diet Mountain Dew. That's all yeah. I got. Um, yeah, my chocolate milk. Yeah. So we've been talking about some of the characters in Cyberpunk 2077. We had a whole lot to say about the recent updates and that stuff recently as well. But because we, we were speaking about um, Panam on a recent episode, we were like, you know what? The Aldecaldos are cool and they've got a really cool history. So why don't we dig into them? So here we are yeah. with a history of the Aldecaldos. And this is uh, this is fairly long. And I pulled this uh, summary up from the fandom.com wiki article about them. So if you want to go check that out, you can 
of course, go look that up. Um, but I'm going to be reading through this because it's a it's a very good summary about what's going on with them and kind of nomads in general in the L.A. slash Night City areas over time that leads to the events of 2077. So if you are playing 2077 and you're like, this seems like a cool clan, this whole nomad Aldecaldo thing, what's the actual background to it? Well, you're in luck because this is the actual background and it's actually pretty cool. So yeah. that's the plan. We're going to dig into this. We'll see how much time we have once we get through this to kind of talk about some of the um, some of the individual members from 2077. And if we don't have enough time for that, then we'll do that on a future episode. So here let's just let's just open let's crack open our books everyone get comfy you know pull up a an ottoman put your feet up if it's cold turn on a fire and if it's warm turn on the air conditioner here we go the aldecaldo family was the first true nomad family to form though at the time they were not nomads but casualties of the city before the collapse los angeles was arguably one of the greatest cities in the world it was also in some areas one of the worst in the 1980s and 1990s parts of los angeles devolved into a war zone as did so many of america's inner cities there was rampant drug dealing prostitution gang activity theft arson and all species of violence the only thing missing was hope that line right there i don't know who wikis can be edited and written by all sorts of people i don't know who wrote that line but that's a little bit funny to me. Uh, <laughs> all, the only thing that was missing yeah. was hope. Um, <laughs> so as we know, th things were <laughs> things are rocky in the cyberpunk past. It starts to de deviate from our world in the late 20th century by the 80s and 90s. Lots of problems in inner cities. No big surprise there. Los Angeles was not just where they made movies. It was also what they had. They made movies about the movies were about cops and gangs, the rich and famous and the city that made the movies. They still have not made a film about Juan Aldecaldo. And with everything that has happened, they never will. Juan's story begins before that, before the quake took so much of L.A. into the sea. I love that. I love the idea that, like, in this future, Los Angeles falls into the ocean. So. Here we're presented with this guy Juan, Juan Aldecaldo, right? Right off the gate, right out of the gate, we we have okay. This is who the Aldecaldos must be named for. This is the beginning of the gang slash group slash tribe, whatever, right? So kind of got a little bit of hints about that going on. So let's find out a little bit more about Juan. Juan started life as a migrant. He had a stable home life and received a decent edu education in the California school system. He went to college, the first of his family to do so, and received an engineering degree. From there, he entered the defense industry and tried to raise his family as best he could. There never would have been a story had things not changed. The defense industry took numerous hits in the two decades before the collapse. A lack of war and a lack of budget forced much of the industry to downsize, putting Juan out of work. Much of the extended Aldecaldo family depended on Juan, and he did what he could to help them, taking a job in a grocery to ward off collectors, selling his home to buy enough food. Pause. Hold on. Can you imagine being a college graduate working in the defense industry as an engineer and having to go back to doing something like working in a grocery store yeah just can, to get I, by i mean we're kind of we're kind of at that point in our real life i don't know about you but yeah i have a college degree doesn't do me any good in the job that i work in 
I know a few friends that made it through college and, and got jobs in their industry, but I'll, I'll be honest, man, that kind of hits close to home. I, I feel for the dude and, and it's not unfeasible. Degrees just aren't what they used to be, but to be in that position where he was and to have to lose that, like, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, and, and not just any degree. I mean, he was an engineer. He's, this is a very finely tuned degree, you know, well, engineering would be finely anyway. Um, but it, there's a lot of <laughs> math and, you know, uh, training involved in being an engineer and then to use none of that and go to doing something like groceries, you know, stuff like it. it it's it's very tough to be in a situation where you've worked so hard your life to be you know at a certain place and then can't do that anymore and you feel worthless it's a very desperate kind of existence you could say yeah yeah definitely to lose your dreams after you've been working so hard and achieving them and then just to have to have to feel like you've had to step back from what you wanted to do Mm -hmm. to take care of the family a lot of people do have to do that unfortunately uh it's a it's a great it's a great basis to have a a story like this told because it is extremely relatable in that aspect oh yeah i'm sure i'm sure we have listeners to this podcast who are who are listening to this and going oh yeah i've i've either been there or i'm there i'm there now i went through a position where i i've told the story a little bit where i was at a very high level in a company in uh packaging because i was a packaging designer and then i was laid off and had non-compete i couldn't work in packaging for a year and so i had to go do i just not work for a year or do i do something else that i you know hadn't been doing for years before this like what do i do so I, i changed my careers at the age of like 36. so like you go through that like it, it happens so it goes on and it says in spite of his efforts the family spiraled downward into cheaper neighborhoods again and again until they were living in the city's worst slum he implored his son and his daughter to remain in school and escape their bleak future his daughter maria was killed in a car accident the day before her 17th birthday super bummer super bummer yeah he's uh his son raymond greatly distressed by his sister's death eventually dropped out of school he started seeing a filipino girl who was a member of the red dogs gang and eventually he became a member as well raymond was shot to death in a so-called robbery slash homicide in his on his 19th birthday so right before his 17th birthday right on his 19th birthday birthdays like in this family are becoming cursed basically you can tell like right off the bat like everything has gone wrong for one you know he had everything he lost his job this is the story of job in the bible yeah this is this is like the man that you know he worked hard he he lived a good life he had everything and then the world took it away and yeah i mean this is almost like biblical in that sense so it goes on it says it's crazy because we're Uh, it just reflects life so much and and it's you know it's the type of person that you are that that determines how you deal with this life his son was not ready for what happened and you saw what happened Juan, on the other hand actually you know made it out through all this somehow yeah well you could tell that he was determined to try to make things work and even though things just kept getting worse he kept pushing on um so it goes on and says his father was only a few blocks away when it happened the police and of course the ever-present media were at the scene no one knows what the newsman said to juan aldecaldo but his reply was replayed on television screens all across america and here's the quote there is no place for you here 
I want to see the surveillance cameras. Uh, I'm sorry. I want to see the surveillance camera tapes. Do you even have the sense to look? What are you people? Jackals and vultures who make your living off the poor victims of this country? My son was a good boy. You tell your audience that. He was a good boy with a good family in hard times. If we had been able to send him to school, uh, he would have been a great man. But, but like you and your cameras, uh, not like you and your cameras, a good man. All he wanted for his mother, uh, sorry, all he wanted was for his mother not to be threatened, for his family to have a nice house. Who of you has such lofty goals? You are as bad as the police. They come here and fill out their reports. They say they will do all they can to find the killers of my son, and they lie. So, obviously, he was uh, kind of at his wit's end here. In 2002, the Padre died of a heart attack in his sleep. So, meaning his father, I believe. Juan struggled on alone, leading the family as best he could, and the Aldecaldos continued to prosper and grow under his guidance. He began seeking a successor as he grew older, though none would be found for a long time. Elders argued for an election, but Juan wanted no part of politics. He knew any type of internal competition would eventually ruin the family. Just before the Mexico City redevelopment contract was signed, Juan Aldecaldo suffered a heart attack, and though it set him back personally, he pushed the family forward. So they've bonded together at this point, and the family ha- is is much larger than just like a single family unit. This isn't just like Juan and his father and his kids and maybe their wives and like this is like their community of of people, their 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 family in the sense of like Hispanic terms, right? Not just one little household, but yeah. like the extended family. And Juan was the leader of this family. So then it goes on, and you could even call them clan, because right here it says, the years in Mexico City were good for the clan. Juan's health improved. So they had moved to Mexico. They left LA, they moved to Mexico, and the family had time to consolidate and re-equip themselves. Though grisly in the beginning, Mexico City proved to be very lucrative as well. When the walkers came across Mexico, they received help from the Aldecaldos and assistance moving on to other nomad families if they wanted it. The government was not happy with the Aldecaldo's action, and they tried to prevent the clan from coming back over the border. There were too many nomads, though, and not enough border guards. So they started working with these other travelers and helping other people out, and they kind of found their place uh, in the world in doing this, but they also were on the outs with the Mexican government. Do you have any thoughts yeah. on this stuff so far? I've, I've been doing a lot of talking. I want to make sure you get time. To no, answer. yeah. The one thing that seems really, really surprising to me, which isn't covered in the in the wiki here, is is uh, Juan's wife, which I'm really surprised about because it's not uncommon for parents to become suicidal when losing multiple kids. And oh yeah, I I would love to have had just and I, and it's tough because i understand like with the aldecados when speaking about one the story is generally going to be focused around one but part of me really really wants to understand what's going on with his wife how she's dealing with this because it was clear that they touched on the kids for specific reasons and we understand how Juan's going but i can't help but wonder like how Juan's wife is in during all of this like what is her place in this and what is she doing and how is she holding it together after losing you know both your kids right and, and the fact that she's not 
brought up makes me think that she's no longer around. And I didn't see anything that specifically pointed one direction or another yeah. to this. Um, I'm sure right. some, some people at, uh, um, uh, so this, uh, what's the crap? Artelsorian. Yeah. I was like, where's the word? My CD project. No, not CD project. Uh, Artelsorian would be able to chime in with some stuff about that as well. That'd be great. Um, so it, it goes on and says, uh, when the Aldecaldo clan returned to the U.S. in 2015, they brought a few extras with them. They brought the body of Juan Aldecaldo to be buried near his wife and children in Los Angeles. So, yeah, she must have already been dead in Los Angeles, of course, by that Ooh. time. So um, they brought a new group of nomads fresh from the long walk. And that's capitalized like it's an official event and bitter about the yeah. way they had been treated. They also brought back. America's favorite rocker boy, Johnny Silverhand, who had been hiding with them for most of two years. Their most telling change, however, was a new leader, a man named Santiago. Born in Los Angeles, raised in the clan, and tempered by dealings with the long walk, the charismatic Santiago was appointed leader at Juan's deathbed. For many years, he was simply Santiago, but now he was Santiago Aldecaldo. The Aldecaldos originated in Los Angeles and are one of the few well-known nomad groups of the West Coast. They make temporary camps in the desert, but never as a single group simultaneously. Their caravans operate in the free states on the West Coast, where they transport passengers and merchandise over state borders in large, well-guarded convoys. Cyberware and other equipment used by the gang include reflex boosters and heavily modified cars and bikes. So... This is the part that we're a little bit more familiar with, you know, once we get catch up to this point in the story. Um, sources of income include, uh, in addition to scavenging and hiring themselves out for manual labor, Aldecaldos also engage in bootlegging and transporting stolen goods. Some clans and families focus solely on smuggling and delivering their packages all along the Nomad Trail, all the way to the twin crime cities, which are Chicago and Phoenix. So there's, I love this stuff because it points at other things that we absolutely need to dig into at some point, like the twin crime cities. Like what's the deal with Chicago and Phoenix? Um, <laughs> you know, like what, what exactly happened during the events of the long walk? Clearly there was an exodus through Mexico back to the U S but what were the specific events of that? You know, there's, there's a lot of extra stuff here that we, we could dive into in the future. Yeah. And I'm, I'm taking a look right now just to see if i can pull up anything real quickly but it seems like it was definitely something that happened and there should be some information going on about it but trying to find it right now seems a little it's, tougher yeah some I, of these things are a little bit harder to research um yeah yeah and then without it having like seems to like a, a lot of the stuff is referenced in some of the guides but without being able to have like a digital version of the guide to just kind of search and get to it's a little bit harder to find sometimes. So yeah, some of these things will take a lot of it is. Yeah. Further research. I'll keep looking though. Okay. Um, now they, now this also mentions San Santiago and Santiago was commonly known also as nomad Santiago. And of course he was the leader of the nomads clan. He was a reserved and quiet man who often came across as slightly crude nomad stereotype. 
to some degree, he cultivated this image in part to fool the, st the statics and in part because it gave him an excuse to pursue fast women and faster bikes. He was also a skilled negotiator and a hard working man. Um, what's cool about him is that he was uh, he was born in an army hospital near Berlin, Germany. His family traveled often during his life and the young kid was also on the move. Culturally, his mother was a woman of mixed Native American and Hispanic descent, while his father was a second-generation Filipino immigrant to the U.S. His first family was large and diverse, with many cousins and other relatives. Um, and then his father served in the military, and then eventually the events take place that we've kind of talked about as well. Um, so the other thing that I think is really important to know about the nature of nomad clans is that by 20 the 2020s and and i would assume 2077 although i haven't seen the data on this a nomad clan could number in the millions that's how influential yep. these these clans are now there's different tribes within the clan so the individual clan that was say working its way back from mexico to the la area or to the night city area would have been a number of tribes that made up potentially a million people but they were all individual tribes run by individual people with somebody at the head of the clan somebody like juan or santiago basically with a, a sort of a loose control over the entire clan the kind of person that individual tribe leaders could go to if they needed help or assistance or leadership or or whatever so to think that this began as a the a family a family unit and again not just a core family unit but like a, an extended family unit in the la area and then immigrated out of the country found a place where they finally could thrive and grew and then made it back into the u.s over at least two generations and more by 2077 it, it's really interesting it, this this really cool concept what do you think about that I, I love it. I, I was able to find a little bit of information on the uh, the long walk home. Uh, apparently, this was a result of the uh, second Central American conflict ending, uh, where that was a, a war that was going on um, down in South America and Central America. And once that happened, uh, that was what caused over a million nomad contractors to be abandoned in Central and South America. And that is actually what causes the quote unquote long walk home. Uh, and that's actually from one of the books, Neo tribes, uh, from Artel Sorian. So it looks like it was a side uh, booklet that just kind of offered different story and where that kind of comes into. So that sounds like something where uh the reason the aldicados moved in was because of the the ending war from central and south america yeah. they just moved back up to the northern northern america to uh try and try and find some sort of work right right yeah so that's this is the environment that somebody like pan am is growing up in and you can you can imagine after a history of a few generations dealing with hardships being out on the road together and bonding that the the bounds of this tribe of this clan are in some ways much more similar to a family like that they call themselves a family there's this sense of like if you if you're in a gang you're in a gang you're a gang member for for doing whatever the gang tells you to do and 
if you've got a way out and the gang sucks, you find you take your way out, right? If you're part of a corporation and you can get out of a terrible situation or get hired by another corporation and make more money, then you're going to take it. You're not yeah. you're not bound to the corporation more than they're able to bind you themselves. But in the sense of a nomad clan, that is part of your identity in a very core way because you're born into that clan or you are saved by the clan. And then you, you find it as a refuge from the dangers in the world out there. It is it is the place that that you find identity in. It's the place that helps you survive, that gives you companionship and and a will to to move on, especially in, in a dangerous world like this. So it's it's yeah. kind of the antithesis of, say, a gang or a corporation in that sense that like you join a gang because you're desperate, but you don't necessarily love the gang, you know, kind of. <laughs> Kind of just I think it deal depends. With it. I guess it depends, but I, it, I feel like it's yeah. one of those things where like you love it until they cross you, and then you're like, "Screw you guys." There's no, well, yeah. There's no feeling You'd of like, right, right. There's no feeling of like, well, I should make amends because they're my gang. But when it's your family, you've got this feeling of like, mm, but they're my family. But they're my family. Yeah, they're my tribe. I, I want to. Uh, so I want to. I want to offer up. A, like a, a food for thought when you think of gangs you think of uh like italian mobs and a lot of those are based in that, families that a is more of, like a family though like a mafia yeah. is more yeah. of a family than a gang is like the loose term gang and i guess it depends on the gang though right because i feel that i feel that in night city at times yeah you know if yeah. you if you're talking to jackie he he is with like gang members come to his funeral but they are family to to him they are his brothers they are his sisters and stuff and yeah, okay. padre acts as that that father figure for the gang and there are repercussions to crossing the family no different than with the aldicados the aldicados will kick you out of the gang if you bring harm to the clan and, and that's that's a lot of where the strife between uh pan am and saul come from is the d differing opinions of who's right in the situation who's the leader yeah. who deserves to be the leader and who's looking out for the best interest in the clan so if it were say and and i don't i don't see that with like maelstrom for example like maelstrom right. is a perfect right. example of a gang right it's right. just a group of yeah, ruffians you're right. it depends on the group stealing. it depends on the group right like yes yes that makes sense like somebody somebody who's like I guess we could further divide this. If you're growing up in a gang that functions more like a family, like the mafia, then yeah. that is more similar to a tribe. It is more similar to a nomad tribe. Uh, if you are finding yourself in a gang like the, um, oh, you just mentioned them, uh, Maelstrom, like yeah, they just they're just there to create chaos and do their thing and get their parts and screw that guy if he's going to cross me. And then you know if you feel like the gang sucks, you're out screw those guys you know like yeah. it's it's dehumanized it's it's uh it's advantageous for the moment but maybe not for the lifetime yeah with with like the maelstrom it, it's clear that that is a a power-based gang like whoever holds the power is in power for the time whereas even if say like uh with other gangs like tiger claw like 
there is a there is a a power hierarchy, but there is a respect that is built mm-hmm. to to really kind of help reinforce that power. So, sure, the leaders of the Tiger Claw may not be the most powerful, but they are definitely the most loved and influential. Right, they're most respected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's right. where like the strength comes from the respect and the in the the hierarchy built into that family in that gang whereas with maelstrom it's whoever can beat the next biggest guy is going to be the leader now do you feel like some of these situations if you are uh it's almost like a feudal system if you are in the family then the gang feels like family if you are a hired thug if you're just like a thug who found the gang then yeah you play by the rules of the gang but you don't necessarily feel like it's family the same way. For example, um, somebody like, even if it's a corporation, like you take Arasaka, if you yeah. are part of Arasaka as the Arasaka family, even if you're extended family, there's that sense of like, this is my family. This is my family business. This is what we do. This is who we are. But if you're somebody who just got hired out of college, you respect yeah. you respect them you respect your leaders you bow to them when they enter the room or whatever right because that's japanese tradition but you don't love them you like it in the paycheck yeah but you don't love them so i was thinking about this and i and i pulled up the list of like corporations and, and gangs in cyberpunk and it's it, i definitely get a sense that much like the aldicados uh being a family gang mm-hmm. the wraiths are much more of a maelstrom gang right yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah you see that with like um like the sixth street gang is much more of a gang gang right. whereas like the valentinos are much more of a family gang yes yes yeah. so i wish we had a word that really defined that like the closest thing we could it would be like a mafia versus a gang yeah like it, it's, yeah. it's like a it's like a a, a crime family no- rather than a a gang rather than just like a i don't know we don't have the words to, to describe this very well <laughs> um and i think I'm i sure think that's what we're discovering it's kind of fun to talk through this because you're right there it, it doesn't just mean that all nomads work the same way and all gangs work the same way and all corporations work the same way it, it means that some uh some work through family connections and some don't and the ones who do work for through family connections are better at bringing people into the family or not i think that's the difference if you are somebody who joins the aldecaldos you probably are more likely to eventually consider them your extended family than if you are somebody who gets hired by arasaka yeah it feels like there's a lot more of like a a process or an in, induction no oh, what is the word when you're when you're tested and trialed to get into something yeah. like a frat house or something right but right there's a there's a process that you have to go through like you really have to show that your best interests or your interests are in the best interests of the of the clan right whereas i'm i'm pretty sure that the wraiths will take just about anyone who can fire a gun right. or take a bullet right. for the sake of of getting you know money right and they're just as likely to shoot you can. in the head if you mess up rather than give you a second chance and wish you the yeah. best you know like you mess up you, and you're part of the aldicados chances are they're going to say hey you messed up we're going to give you another chance and don't do it again but maelstrom's just going to shoot you (laughs) 
I feel like the difference is is a difference between uh, loyalty and fear. Mm-hmm. One one clan, a gang, can rule with fear, and it's just whoever the most powerful person is at the moment that controls it. Whereas with loyalty, they have a designated leader, and you work to believe in what the leader believes is going to be the best for the gang or the clan. And that's those are like the two different groups like that you that you have to look at and say like okay well what does this clan believe in do they mm-hmm. believe in the strongest survive and it's just it's just out of fear that you don't want to get killed by the guy that's in charge yeah. or do you believe in the in the guy that's in charge and girl whoever I'm not trying to you know label anyone but you just believe that, that the person. person at the top uh, is the one that's in charge and you believe in in their 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 goals for the clan. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the biggest difference that, that I see with Aldecados is it feels like they really are true to what Juan in his life was like, where it was based around family. It was based around helping each other. And while other gangs may help each other, it is definitely one that was forged around love and compassion compared to uh, fear and hatred towards others. Right. And it feels like you can you can become an Aldecado even if you aren't a nomad like V. Like you if you're born a street kid, it doesn't matter if you were born a street kid because by the end of the game, you're generally inducted. That's the word I wanted. You're generally inducted, inducted into the Aldecado yeah. uh group. Whereas with, you know, any other gang, there's a good chance that you would have to prove yourself, which is it kind of goes back to that that discussion that i keep bringing up every freaking time i get a chance is <laughs> i wish we had a way to choose what gang you wanted to be in because mm-hmm. i think that there was a, a good opportunity for you to have to make that light and dark side with your with your v character did you want to be feared in night city cool maelstrom's the gang to, to join up with to get that done did you want to be uh held in honor by your peers, then Aldecado is a really good gang, or Mox is a really good gang mm-hmm. to join for that. And it's it feels like it feels like the the heart of it is there because they're pulling from Martel Sorian's uh, uh, source for this, and and the 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 actual game is just like a couple feet back from where where it could be to bring it up to where you feel like you're really going to be able to link into that, that sense of feeling like an actual Aldecado. Like when I, I remember playing through the game and when you actually get the jacket, I put that jacket on so quick. I was so happy yeah. to get that jacket because I'd been through so much with the Aldecados. I was like, yeah, let's do this. I feel like I want to help and protect these people. Mm-hmm. And it was such a such an intense moment for me just to be like, this is actually happening. Like I'm, I'm, I'm being brought in. I don't feel like I should be brought in. I'm from night city. Like I'm just a street kid, Mm -hmm. but for some reason, these people are taking care of me and I feel like I have a place and a a purpose now. And it, and it meant so much to me when I happened that I was just like, Oh, this is a beautiful moment. I want more of this. But you look at the history and and it, it just goes to show that that's, that's what they do. This family, yeah. this family didn't grow from one family unit or one extended family into millions of people by multiplying <laughs> genetically. <laughs> like they didn't just yeah. have that many offspring, you know, like, like they grew by taking people in by saying, Hey, you need our help. We appreciate what you've done for us. You're one of us now, you know, like let's work together. Let's, let's be together on this, you know? 
that kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Much better of a way to go about it than just the, the normal, you know, grabbing someone, putting a gun in their hand and telling them that, you know, you're going to work for us or else kind of a thing. Right. You want your drugs, you better to go do this mission, you know, like that kind of thing. Like, great. Yeah. You don't get loyalty through that. So, yeah. Okay. Well, wonderful conversation. We still haven't done the middle of the show. So why don't we jump to the middle of the show and then we're going to come back and kind of wrap this up a little bit. Here we go. Yeah. So it's the middle of the show and we already have two new. Hey, Tom. Yeah. You know who I love? I what, love your wife. patrons. Oh, I love the patrons. Oh, and yeah. you know, you know why? Why? Because I don't, I don't get to see the info info for this, but I know that something special happened, and I know you're about to go into it. But I just wanted to say <laughs> to the patrons, because you always you always do the middle of the show. Uh-huh. I just wanted to pipe in and say, yeah, man, patrons, go for it. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Hey, I love you. You guys are so cool. You're, you're so awesome. I really love hanging out and chatting with you in the discord. It's been great. Sorry. I derailed. Well, here, this is, this is also what's great. So get this. We already have two new tier four patrons this month. Two new, (gasps) two new ones. Uh, plus, plus another, uh, tier one. Um, they're not, I mean, tier four, it's tier four on my other shows is upgraded patrons on this show, but it means the same thing. It means that they are the ones who can join us at the end of the month to chat. So we've got, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six upgraded patrons able to join us at the end of the sh- at the end of the month to chat which is coming up in man two weeks already holy crap yeah. all right so in, in two weeks two sundays from now months just fly by um so thank you and I, I guess i should have started with this thank you to all of our patrons all 18 of our patrons you guys are amazing thank you for supporting the show you guys are phenomenal if you're interested in getting ad-free episodes or joining us on a future episode or the extended episodes of the show or whatever other rewards i've got in there there's a whole bunch of them go check them out uh then check out patreon.com cyberpunk lorecast for all of that stuff and come help us out and if if you are the kind of person who wants to help us out financially but don't have the money to spend but have amazon prime then get this this is another thing that i should have brought up we are live on twitch and you have a free twitch sub to use every month that you could either send to captain logan because he's got a twitch channel or to robots radio because we've got a twitch channel here so if you want to help support either of us you can use your your free amazon prime twitch sub in order to do that so you just gotta just gotta log into twitch.tv slash robots radio or slash capped underscore logan that's right isn't that it C-A-P-T? i'm gonna tell you right now i i would much rather come here i would if, if you have a twitch prime and and you want to spend it somewhere i i would much rather you come over to robots radio and spend it here because it would it would make me happier let me say that well thank you, you are a gentleman so yeah, that's, it's a fun way. It, it doesn't if you don't use it, it doesn't go to anybody. In fact, it just goes to Jeff Bezos and everybody knows he's he's got plenty of money at this point. So he's got plenty of money. Take that money out of his pocket and give it to And if you don't give it to us, give it to somebody else who you want to support. Use it. Amazon doesn't need it. Jeff Bezos doesn't need it. Take it from the corpo and give it to the street kid. Yeah. Yeah. You, you get the free shipping. <laughs> you get the cool shows. Take take that allowance and, and spend it wisely. Right. I, on right. Robots Radio. There you go. All right. <laughs> but um, again, thank you to our patrons. You guys are the best. Let's move on with the rest of the show. Yeah. 
In a world where solid-state electronics and vacuum tubes are still meta, people never stop loving atomic-powered everything. A chosen 500 stepped inside a subterranean vault to be spared the nuclear horror of the inevitable Great War. 25 years later, they emerge after the fallout settles to retake Appalachia. Among them, two former rivals whose blood feud will tear West Virginia apart in their epic struggle for survival. Chad, a vault bro who has a strength of 15, an intelligence of 2, and is a complete wasteland dickhead. Simon, a complicated anti-hero who chooses light and hope, but accidentally becomes a cannibal and wakes up naked and afraid with a Scorch Beast Queen after a date goes terribly wrong. What? I mean, it's a wild wasteland, right? This dark humor radio drama will have you driving off the road and crawling out from under the fallout. Two men. One wasteland. And so many nukes. Chad, a Fallout 76 podcast. Rated R. Now streaming on your holotape player podcasty thing. So we're back, and I don't think we have quite enough time to adequately go into all the people we want to talk about who are members of the Aldecados, but we can discuss a little bit more because we're, like always, or like a lot of times, trying to put ourselves in the shoes of these people, right? Trying to trying to imagine what it would be like to be Juan and having to deal with the, you know, the Job situation from the Bible where he like loses everything and has to find a way out of that and ends up building this organization of people who are in need helping each other out is basically what this becomes. And even though it's against the laws of the people, the area they're in, they're still doing what they need to do to survive in a terrible world. So in some ways, they're still working towards the good. I want to ask a question for you guys and for Captain Logan. Captain Logan, if you were a nomad, what would you do as part of the tribe? Where would you see yourself? Would, Ooh, would you be the kind of, of member who is there as like an internal support person? Would you be somebody who's moving equipment or, you know, hauling goods across you know, open swaths of land? Would you be dealing in security? Would you be dealing with the internal I, connections and the technology that holds things together? Setting up camp? Constructing yeah, things? If, if I had my choice, I would I would love to kind of, if, if I had my chance, say, say we're talking 2077 Aldecados. If mm -hmm. I could be part of that Aldecado clan, I would probably want to join up with Mitch and Scorpion and learn from them about like mechanics and combat. Cause I think, I think the stuff that really makes or breaks the Aldecado clan is the vehicles. And I've always wanted to be a gearhead. I've always wanted to learn more about cars and 
I would probably want to take that opportunity to be like, teach me how to fix these vehicles because they are the lifeblood of the clan. And without vehicles, you really, you really are kind of left out on alert in the lurch in a, in nomad land. You know, you really don't get an opportunity. So I would, I would actually really love it. If I, if I could become a mechanic and start to learn how to mess around with that, you know, learn how to clean guns, things like that, and kind of do something that is outside of my actual world life right now mm-hmm. and just take that opportunity to really pick up like an interesting skill. Because after spending time with Scorpion and, and, and Mitch in game, I really did like just I really felt like they were they were the type of people who had been through the ringer. And came out the other side, but found solace in the Aldecado clan. And they just, it, it really sold me on just taking care of cars, taking care of the vehicles, you know, having, having a vehicle that is your vehicle and having that matter to you and having that mean something and really pouring your life. It kind of like um, in Mad Max. You know, Mad mm-hmm. Max, there's the war boys and they always, they, you know, all the war boys have their vehicles, but they're always looking for that next big vehicle, you know, and Max has that V8 <laughs> and they all lust after that V8. And they, it's just one of those things where much like the, the nomads, I, I love that aspect of that, that life where the vehicles are the, the, they, they are your, your life. And, and if you lose your vehicle, it's almost like losing a part of you. So I would love to to jump into that. I'm curious though, like how how where do you see yourself as an Aldecado? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, before we get to that, would you just to follow up? Would you mm. see yourself going with them out on assignment and potentially dealing with trouble and combat, or do you see yourself think- as more of somebody who would like work with them oh, on the man. gears and stay back and manage the equipment? I feel like I would be one of the ones that would go out with them. Instinctually, my mind is telling me, you know, my lizard brain is telling me to run. But if, <laughs> if this was the world that. Right. That, what if they're, what if they're like, I, hey, we got we got this thing. We need as many men as we can get. But if you can't do it, that's fine. We'd rather you not come if you're not you know, ready to deal with combat. Like, would you step forward or would you yeah. be like, no, nah, man, I, I'll I'll watch the camp. <laughs> I, I feel like that's one of those things where I would probably go out with them because it's, you know, if I was going to learn how to be a mechanic and work on stuff like that, knowing how, you know, bullets work, I, I can imagine <laughs> having a technician on hand would be really great to be able to, to like help have to, you know, it's kind of like when you watch Star Trek, this is a weird, this is a weird thing <laughs> or, uh, I guess uh, let me let me go with the Star Wars. We haven't hit the Star Wars uh, bingo. We got to do yet. Star Wars. Yeah, so, yeah. There you go. When when you watch Han Solo and and Chewbacca on mm-hmm. the Millennium Falcon, they're more than just smugglers. They are they actually are kind of nomads in a way uh, because whenever something happens to the ship, they're constantly the ones that have to fix it. Right. And I feel like that is the that is the 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 life of a nomad. Like you have to know how to fix that stuff. Or, you know, if you're driving somewhere and your car breaks down, there's no one that's going to help you. You have to fix that yourself. You have to work around that. So I feel like you that would be, you know, if they asked me to go out on a mission, I feel like I would want to go out on the mission to help support the rest of the team in case something did happen. Because if someone's going to be a better better shot than I am mm-hmm. and we're sitting in the middle of nowhere, you know, like a sitting duck, then 
I, I kind of want to be the person that's like, all right, cool, cover me. I'll I'll fix this up. You know, I'll be that right. that war boy on the. I'll hotwire the, the, the car uh, while you while you cover me with your gun. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. Okay, yeah, that that makes sense. Um, all right, so going man, back. To I you. feel like what, the younger version you of me like? would be much more gung ho about going out in the field <laughs> than the older version of me. Like having played, uh, it was only a year year and a half ago. I played some. Uh, um, uh, uh, what is it called? Um, where you shoot each other with the little things that splat. Um, I splatoon in real life. Um, paintball. paintball, paintball. That's the word. Okay. Yeah, I played some paintball. We we my my uh, team at work. We all went out for like a work bonding session. So we all played paintball and shot each other up. There were like six of us. So we had these like three on three teams through these actual like this was a legit paintball place in like the middle of Florida. So they were like we're dodging behind like broken down buses and like can like there were these big iron can canisters like you would see in video games you know, like oh, those yeah. big drums right and the you drums, duck behind yeah. them and then you like tick, 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 over the top and then you duck and then you hear like pong 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 as like the you know the paintballs are splatting against the the drum and you're thinking yeah. man that, that was almost me whoa um <laughs> but yeah yeah we played pa- but like holy crap older me not so good at it like you we were joking at the beginning of the episode like your knees my <laughs> knees just don't want to do that anymore you know like after you play that for a little while it's tough it's and it's actually really one of the things i didn't think about is and this is probably from playing a lot of video games is that the ability to aim at a target and move at the same time is actually very difficult yeah it's it's yeah. a lot harder than you would expect so like you think Oh, I'm going to run from this cover to that cover and I'll shoot over there while I do it. No, you won't. No, that's not going to happen. That's you're not going to pay attention where you're going. The, the land's not going to be straight. You're going to trip over yourself like it, it is a very difficult thing. There's a reason why people train a lot in order to go in the field with a gun and do it well, because it's very yeah. difficult. Right. Uh, not to mention if you're undercover, how to know when to peek out or not or, you know, have a distraction or communicate with your teammates in order to make sure that they can grab the attention of the other team so that you can get around the other thing and take a shot at them. Like it's very, very coordinated and very difficult. Okay. So, so young, so yeah. young Tom would do that. Young what, Tom we're, might do we're that. Talking to, we're talking yeah. to old Tom now. So old Tom, old Tom. <laughs> so older Tom would, um, <laughs> I think, I think I would be somebody who would, uh, like <laughs> I know we, we do a podcast, so of course this is this would be like the go-to joke, but like be the guy who manages the radio station. Or what actually makes more sense though, I think, <laughs> is we don't hear a lot about um the psychology or religions of these groups, but you know mm. that a a a group of nomads have have to believe in something. And it's not just I'm not just talking like esoteric or spiritual beliefs i'm talking like they have like there's reasons why they get up in the morning there's reasons why they settle their differences there's reasons why they cooperate instead of fight there's the 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 ideology of the group and the communication of that the person who mediates those things among other people i'd probably do that i'd probably be one of go ahead you want to be the hype man for the leader Uh, not really the hype man some more more of the um like the internal psychologist or uh, uh, like like it's part of the glue that keeps the family together. Yeah, it's it's yeah. The, it's the guy that settles the problems among the other people in the group. I know this uh, a lot of that fell to what were called shamans. Well, they might yeah. actually still I mean, call it's, them shamans. It's but... like a religious leader in a way. 
um, among yeah. say like Native Americans, it would be something like a shaman, right? Along yeah. among um, you know, in the modern world, this is like in you know, this is your psychologist or your uh, uh, guidance counselor, guidance counselor, or your <laughs> moderator, or you know, like like the person who who helps other people like deal with the situations they're dealing with the other people. But in the long term, what that does is it it makes the group capable of dealing with their internal strife so that they can continue to bond and stay together and grow rather than divide. I know how to. uh, So Dakota Smith in in the Alicados, she is technically the fixer for the gang. Mm -hmm. She mediates a lot of the deals, but she also is the one that really kind of is on point for Saul. So, I mean, that seems, you know, she, she knows what's going on. She's dealing with a lot of stuff, but she's definitely helping make sure that things get done. You could, you could do the, the fixer role and probably still yeah. act as kind of like the, the, uh, the go-to person to mediator. talk about stuff. People, like a mediator. people would come to you. Yeah. Yeah with stuff and and you would turn that into opportunity i don't want to be the person who's in charge but i like being the person who is like the person who guides the person in charge does that make sense like yeah the person who like works behind the scenes knows a little bit of everything that's going on and is able to kind of coordinate and and people can go to you because they kind of trust that you're you're there for the right reasons and you're there to help everybody out um that kind of role i think would make a lot of sense yeah i could definitely see you as as the fixer because that is kind of mm-hmm. where the fixer role lies with the aldicados like saul is definitely the leader but right. dakota is very much the one that makes sure that business gets done saul's just the one that lets everyone know what's going on with the rest of the family whereas dakota is the one that's kind of being like all right cool i'm glad you want to do that here's the best way that we can do this right, based right. on the information that i've heard from stuff coming around right yeah yeah I'd, I'd much more rather be in that position um that's cool that's boring but cool <laughs> but younger me <laughs> would have had a history out on the out you know with with my guns and stuff because uh-huh. I'm a really good yeah. shot. That's the other thing is that like I'm a really good like I really I mean I am a, I'm a really good shot. Every time I've gone out hey, to like no, the shooting no, range with I'm my buddies, no. they're, they're like, "How many times have you done this?" And I'm like, "Not very many." And they're like, "How did you? How, why do you shoot so good?" I'm like, "Video games." That's, that's I don't know. <laughs> Only experience I have with that is the few times I went out camping with people and with buddies in Alaska, and we we would shoot cans and bottles uh-huh. in the woods. That's that's all I got. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. The fir- I have a fun fun. St- fun story. The first time I went out with some friends and uh, tried shotguns, we did clay pigeons. Oh, which was super cool because those things just go, and then they just you yeah. know like it's really cool. So yeah, first time out there with a shotgun, borrowing my buddy's shotgun, like you would take some shots and, and you get three, you would get three shots with that shotgun because it would, I guess it would chamber and then keep two. I I don't Mm -hmm. know, but for some reason that, that you could, you could shoot three times and that was it. Uh, and you would see two, two pigeons go up and me and two buddies who had done this number of times and I never shot a shotgun before. And I like swept the floor with them like i got almost every <laughs> shot like psh, at least within my three shots took out both clay pigeons like and they were like they were like all right tom when the zombie uh outbreak happens you're gonna be on our team right <laughs> and i was like yeah yeah man sure 
Yeah, but like, protect Tom at all costs. <laughs> like, I guess I'm the, I'm the gunner. I'm coming to save the day. Yeah, no, it was, it was weird. Um, now, no, moving funny. and doing that, no good. No good. Nope, I will fall on my face. I just need to be like a sniper in a perch somewhere. That's that's my job. Yeah, that's fair. That's yeah. fair. You know what? A fixer could do that, too. Fixer, fixer could have that, that job as well, too. You just get to hang out in one tower and get to watch everything that's going on and act as backup with Overwatch and right. just kind of chill. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be like the nerdy info guy in the back. All right. Well, <laughs> now that we figure out who we are, who would you be, uh, listener, watcher? Who, who would you be if you were part of a nomad group? What would be your role? Um, Bullseye says, I'm a corpo god. I don't know how that fits. Where does the corporal? This was, this was an answer from this is a thing from previously when we were talking oh. corpos and stuff. Um, yeah, that's been there for a little while in chat. Uh, Fine. But yeah, I want to hear. I want to know who would want to be leader of a group like that, because that is a tall, tall responsibility. Yeah, that'd be interesting to, to, to find out who in our who in our midst feels like they are a leader enough to, to take an entire clan on. <laughs> Silver King S4 um, oh Sam is probably Sam Silver King in chat says the cook <laughs> you want to be the cook hey everybody needs a cook that's true and that guy doesn't have Someone to take a bullet unless your uh, camp gets invaded so it's true you're the one taking bullets out of things <laughs> that's right chickens and if you can find them <laughs> whatever out there whatever's still alive out in the wastelands I don't know do you think a cook would be a good surgeon like a like a field surgeon not not like a uh, you know, it's like, like a, a secondary as the secondary ability yeah 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 uh, mm. hand skills the ability to you know look at something bloody and not barf all over the place not get sick yeah, yeah. i was just thinking tabletop nice, nice cyberpunk skills. like yeah if if uh because you know vic is like a he's like a boxer and uh, a ripper doc i just wonder like you know if a ripper doc would make for a good cook somewhere potentially random thought <laughs> yeah potentially i can see those two things going together a little bit all right well mm. thanks for joining us everybody um logan what else do you have going on other than your most popular sea of thieves podcast on the internet uh well the most popular sea of thieves <laughs> podcast on the internet is uh recording an episode today and uh we're going to be talking all about the second most popular sea of thieves podcast for now the actual <laughs> rare sea of thieves uh podcast they they started they kicked up their podcast i'm really excited for it because they have full access to the devs that i want to talk to so i get to hear from the people that i want to ask questions to uh so that's kicking up and we're season two season two is actually starting for sea of thieves on the 15th of april uh so folks are going to be looking forward to jumping back into that i'll yeah. be covering all of the the juicy news that comes along with it that we know of for now and probably have a review of it uh next week um, but we're actually going to be doing in my Patreon group, uh, we're going to be doing a watch along of Pirates of the Caribbean through Discord. Nice. Somehow in a very legal fashion. <laughs> so my, my patrons are going to be uh, joining me up and we're going to be sitting down and doing a MST 3K kind of Pirates of the Caribbean watch along 
uh, this this coming weekend. So I'm looking forward to that as well, too. But Sweet. Other than that, yeah. Um, a lot of good discussion in our Discord. I, I don't know if you've been following the photo mode, which has turned into the mm-hmm. is Carrie gay or not, uh, which is, is been oh, really yeah, entertaining. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was thinking Sea of Thieves uh, Discord. Yes, our Discord. Yes. Uh, Cyberpunk. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Our, the our whole, Cyberpunk like, Discord's is he gay? Channel. Was he originally gay? Is he, is he bi? Like, yeah, all of that conversation really good discussion going on there yeah. really happy to have that so that's that's where if you if you don't want to find me on sea of thieves and you want to come talk to to me about cyberpunk i'll i'll talk cyberpunk all day and uh in in the the channels the, the photo mode well robots radio cyberpunk. discord cyberpunk channels yeah yeah i guess photo mode as well too now that we've kind of hijacked it we need more photos in there if anything but yeah, yeah that's it yeah take some cool photos show us your uh show us your v's doing awesome stuff we'd love to see yeah it. yeah um let's see what do i have going on all the regular stuff i'll probably be streaming uh during the days and maybe some of the evenings this week playing some more games with the community uh some more sea of thieves you know that kind of stuff um also the robots radio rocket club if you're interested in starting a podcast and want to get it launched uh, the right way <laughs> then you can come check that out and i'd be happy to work with you we've got 10 individuals doing awesome stuff with uh, we had one of our shows just hit 3,000 downloads they launched their show like a month ago they're on like episode awesome. four <laughs> i know isn't that wow. great yeah they're killing it killing it so yeah would love to work with you and get your show launched and, and try to help you build an audience and craft the best show you possibly can do so check that out robotsradio.net slash rocket dash club and other than that we've got a whole bunch of lorecast podcasts for you to check out everything from fallout to elder scrolls to mass effect which comes up next right after this podcast after a little Woo-hoo. break in the middle so we'll be talking more mass effect stuff and man i'm looking forward to digging into the legendary edition when that comes out in may when when is that uh may may 20 something 20 something like that i can't wait for yeah. that oh, can't wait effect, for that. legendary edition launches on may 14th wow oh it was close that's even that's, almost, it that's just a week after my birthday nice nice mass Weird. effect is so good all right such good and the show is great too actually been loving the show yeah that's like one of the things i've been listening to at work so definitely if, if you guys love mass effect definitely jump in and start getting some of that deep dive deep dive Lower. yeah we're talking about krogan's today it's gonna be awesome Ooh. yep yep good stuff um but that's what we got going on and we'd love to see you on the discord so come say hi uh we're on the twitter you know wherever you guys are come say hi so we'll see you next time until then stay safe in night city and figure out what you would be if you were part of a nomad tribe, because we want to know. All right, guys, see you later. Thanks for tuning in to the Cyberpunk Lorecast. This show is a part of the Robots Radio Network, smart podcasts for interesting people. If you'd like to help support the show, please tell a friend and leave a five-star review on iTunes. If you'd like to get in contact, please send an email to cyberpunklorecast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at cyberpunklore. Also, join the community on the Robots Radio Discord. The link is in the show notes. The music on the show was written and performed by The Midnight and was used with their permission. Go check them out at themidnightofficial.com. 
Until next time, stay safe in Night City. We'll talk to you later. You've been listening to a Robots Radio podcast. Smart shows for interesting people. Check out all the shows at robotsradio.net. Do you like adventure? Yeah. Do you like laughing? Uh, yeah. Would you like to listen to a group of people you don't know play D&D and reference retro pop culture you vaguely remember? Um... Excellent. You're going to love Committee Quest. We play D&D in the world of Amarin. We use adventure modules and supplements made by people in the community. We also have a sweet synthwave backing track. Come and join us on our adventure. Volume 1 has been completed. Volume 2 coming the end of January. You can find us on iTunes, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hey there, my name's Jameson, or Big Cat. And I am Brenna, or Mother Goose. And together, we are the hosts of The DL, Weekly Gaming News. Each week, we bring you the top stories from last week, as well as something you might have missed. Our goal is to start a conversation about what's going on in the world of gaming. And every week, we have a special guest join us in the chat room, where we discuss a different gamer-related topic and learn more about our guests in the 60-second download. And if that isn't enough, we also have Slim Jims. So come and hang out with us every week and join in on the conversation. Good luck and have fun, everybody. And remember, keep your goose loose. Do you love Dragon Age? Have you always wanted to learn more about its vast world and detailed lore? Are you still attached to your hero of Ferelden, even a decade after Dragon Age Origins came out? Or maybe you're a newer fan, still discovering a new tidbit or quest every day. Well, either way, the Dragon Age Lorecast is the podcast for you. I'm Austin, also known as Teacup. And I'm Shelby, also known as SheCup. And come and join us as we embark on a journey to explore and discover all things Dragon Age. We'll discuss all kinds of topics, from Lyrium to the Chantry and the great mysteries of the old gods, and even more that even you Bioware superfans might not know about. So come and listen on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And always remember... Swooping.